This Webmaster Radio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. <laughs> Welcome to Discount Budget Airport Motel, Denver. <clears throat> Do you have a reservation? Well, yes. We're here for AFCON 2010. Okay, let me get your room. Don't worry about the airplanes flying over. You'll only hear them every five minutes. And one more thing. You might want to pass on that continental breakfast. Don't let this be you. Stay in the lap of a luxury suite at our AFCON 2010 discount rate. Our room block is almost sold out. This is your last chance to stay at the Hyatt Regency Convention Center Hotel, the host hotel of AFCON 2010. Book your rooms now by going to bit.ly slash cheap hotel. That's bit.ly slash cheap hotel. Don't let this special rate go away and book your rooms now. Finalize your plans to be at AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st through the 23rd in Denver. Still haven't registered? Then register today at AFFCON2010.com. The opinions expressed on this Webmaster Radio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of Webmaster Radio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. You're about to get schooled on how to be inboxed. You got, you got, you got, you got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Welcome the hosts of Inboxed, the click father of email, Kevin DiVincenzi, and the original Fab Fondy, Fab Fondy J, John Fondy. All right, hey, and welcome to, yet again, the uh, June 9th edition of Inboxed Radio. I'm the Big Fabu. I'm John Fondy, and we got a great show on this plan for you. If you just joined us here for the first time, I encourage you to go to Inboxed Radio. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com, and uh, you can go into our chat room there. I'll be monitoring the chat room along with Anthony Alves here in uh, the palatial Excellence of Compound, where we've got the studio of uh, Inboxed. And uh, if you do uh, send us a question or use any of your information online, then we'll send you a uh, limited edition Inbox Radio hat that everybody seems to be craving for at all of these conventions. And, of course, if you're listening to us at webmasterradio.fm, um, you can go ahead and send us uh, a chat there. Brasco and the gang back there will be taking uh, those chats and sending those to us. Same deal goes if we use your question on the air. If one of our experts will send you out a limited edition inbox radio hat. So, hey, I'm great to be here. Again, the summer is in the air all around. And, of course, uh, we our topic today have politics yeah. gone high tech. Also into the throes of the political season. Almost uh, 12 different states had uh, primary elections that took place. We're talking about the high-tech industry. And speaking of the high-tech industry, it gives me great pleasure to introduce my co-host, Kevin DiVincenzi. Welcome, Kevin. He is the click father. Hey, John. How are you? Hey, doing good. Thank you very much. Doing good. Uh, looks like we're going to get a little bit of a breather here on our unseasonally high weather that's taking place here in Las Vegas. But uh, you had some unseasonally, uh, uh, some unseasonally unseasonal miles on those brand new tennies uh, last weekend, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, first, I'll tell you, I'm actually sitting in my backyard right now with my feet in the pool, uh, just uh, still recuperating from last week. Um, the other thing I'll tell you is those inbox hats definitely hold the rain very well. <laughs> I was able to uh, be shielded from the rain. Um, 
it was a great, great walk, John. You know, we got uh, I got in Friday, um, and uh, you know, of course, rested up. You know, got to bed about one thirty in the morning, and we were getting up at four to walk. Um, got up, and uh, you know, we went out to Soldier Field and uh, started our walk. And about uh, two hours into it, it started raining and pouring. Um, and of and of course, at that point, we had no uh, you know, almost nobody brought an umbrella. I did bring one rain poncho, and then uh, everybody else ran out and grabbed garbage bags and different things. Um, but it was, uh, I'll tell you, it was a really, really enlightening uh, enlightening walk and, uh, you know, very inspirational. There were people at, you know, literally uh, almost every corner, you know, cheering and bringing out, you know, home-baked goods for us and holding up signs and people honking. Uh, you know, great, great experience. Uh, my wife ended up doing the walk with me as well. Uh, she just came out for support and figured, you know what, I'll do it. Um, so it was, uh, it was good. I only ended up with one blister at the end of day two. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in much worse shape than, than I was. There was one guy that, uh, I'm not going to name him, but from our team that thought that he would, uh, wear these brand new webbed feet. They were kind of like these frog shoes with no socks on and thought he'd do the whole walk. And, uh, by mile 10, they had him literally in a shopping cart and they were, they were, uh, walking him to a, uh, or rolling him to a place to go buy some sneakers because he was that, uh, that badly bruised and battered from, uh, from walking in them. But uh, definitely an amazing, amazing two days. Uh, you know, tire, tiring, yes, absolutely, but uh, definitely worth it. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Missy did a great job raising, uh, I think we raised a little bit over $72,000. So, you know, the, the third largest uh, amount raised by, uh, by one of the groups. So I think she did an excellent job. My hat's off to her. Um, and uh, it was good. It's a good time. Got to get you out there next time, John. Absolutely, Kevin. In fact, it's for a great cause. Uh, the Avon uh, Walk to uh, Raise Awareness for Breast Cancer, uh, the cure for breast cancer, taking place on the streets of Chicago. The great thing about it, it was uh, it was about a 26-mile walk the first day and about a 13-mile walk the second day. And Kevin, uh, you, you know, you you trained for it quite a bit, and a lot of people did. How did Re How did Rihanna do? Did she have a good time? Yeah, Rihanna actually she she held up fine. Um, it's funny the uh, you know the people that you figured uh, didn't train for it and would have had a hard time you know pretty pretty much did well I mean you know I, I wrote a you know Facebook thank you last night to, to my whole team I mean we had another guy uh, Kevin Strawbridge on our team the guy was literally in a boot I guess he, he has a, um, a ruptured Achilles tendon and uh, still walked the whole both days with a boot on and actually beat me by uh, by almost an hour on day one. <laughs> Well, I think it's uh, the fact that you guys were out there uh, for a good cause. And, you know, Kevin, when you and I were training uh, and we, we walked together uh, a couple of days out here, um, the problem that I had was, was the bottom of my feet was, was hurting, you know, I guess maybe from the impact of the pavement. Where did you where did you experience the most discomfort? Yeah, you know, I actually wore, believe it or not, I, I got all these custom shoes and bought all this different stuff and ended up wearing the same shoes that you and I trained in, John, and I just put some insoles in them. And they held up absolutely great for the 26 miles. Day two, I moved to a much more comfortable shoe, just thinking, ah, you know what, day one was, you know, was relatively easy from that aspect, and that's where I got a big blister, you know, probably on mile 10 or 11. Um, but, uh, you know, the, there was no real discomfort. The only discomfort I had after day one was the, uh, the, tops, of my, um, the tops of my feet were sore, just from sore from, uh, you know, from, from the walking. Uh, and, of course, I got back to the hotel, and it's very funny because you could tell who was in the walk at that point because, you know, anybody that was hunched over holding their back was part of the walk. Um, and the, uh, I asked the waiter, I go, well, you know, what's a good restaurant over here? Because, you know, we, we've been eating pretty much, you know, just junk all day or munchies or whatever, you know, because you have rest stops every two, hour, or every two miles. Um, and he goes, well, you know, we've got a, a restaurant uh, 
down right by the Intercontinental, right across the street. And they go, oh, well, screw it, I'll walk, right? I'm in flip-flops at that moment. Well, guess what? Across the street was over a half mile away, and I got caught in another rainstorm. So, um, <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Um, but besides that, there was really no, uh, no discomfort. Uh, you know, we, and from the stories, I mean, gosh, everybody wanted to scare the hell out of us. They, you know, the, the night before, I heard, oh, you know, you better you know, use glide on your whole body because, you know, your, uh, your nipples are going to get, you know, literally uh, irritated from your shirt, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. You could lose a couple toenails. And, I mean, I heard some of the, the craziest stories, and, I mean, nothing happened uh, to me or to anybody that I'm aware of that was that, uh, you know, that extreme. Um, you know, obviously you have to be, you know, conditioned at least to a certain extent. Obviously you have to be, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in decent shape to be able to pull the whole thing off. But, I mean, we did it literally from flying in and, uh, you know, and staying up till one thirty in the morning. <laughs> you know, we, we, we pulled it off. We were dead tired, absolutely. I could tell you Saturday night after, um, after dinner was about 11.30, I went to bed and then had to get back up at 5 for the next day. Did the 13 and a half, and that day got back at Sunday night. Got back at five and slept right through till uh, five five in the morning uh, Monday before I flew back in. So, you know, it, it, it definitely takes a toll on your body. But uh, you know, it's good. Lost three and a half pounds. I'm happy. Well, good for you, and uh, and uh, our blessings going out to Rihanna for raising uh, raising awareness for a great great cause. And speaking of a great cause, we got a Thanks, great folks. show for us here today. Uh, of course, a good friend of the show and an expert in industry, Bennett Kelly, is also uh, joining us as well. And so. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, a couple of topics here. We're going to talk uh, about uh, high tech and uh, and things that are taking place in the political industry. One of the things Bennett uh, does and does very well, uh, political correspondence, uh, and we'll talk with, with him about that a little bit, um, talking about the FTC's proposal to bail out the newspaper industry. And we're also going to bring an expert in that ar arena, uh, Len Lazarek, and he's, he's going to talk about his real-life experience uh, as uh, being in an editor and a publisher and being in the in the real newspaper uh, industry at the Baltimore Her uh, Examiner and how things kind of have changed uh, in the industry what we can see you know in the future and of course we've got uh, some uh, some game show questions and they're going to be coming up here as well but um, Kevin I want to ask you and of course so Bennett are you are you with us there at all? Yep. yep. Can you hear me? I, I hear you. I can hear you scrambling through your microphone as well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good to, have you good to have you on the show as always. And uh, we said last Thank week that we were going to kind of build a show around you. You're normally a contributor to uh, to the show, but I wanted to really build a show around uh, your expertise. And uh, so between Kevin and also Bennett, what's the biggest thing in the sports arena that's going to be taking place here coming up uh, here in about, uh, about oh, three or four days? Um, the world. The biggest cup thing in the sports arena is the, wor Friday. the World Cup, right? Yep, that's right. World Cup is going to be in the air, and uh, Nike uh, is uh, has a new set of uh, of advertorials that are coming out here now. They're going to do a spot called "Write the Future," and this is about a three minute spot uh, that's going to basically sort of build up, uh, you know, what their candidacy for the best uh, soccer ad of the year. So you're going to want to watch for that and see what they're doing in that particular world because when you think about it, they've really kind of lost uh, uh, they've lost uh, the likes of Tiger and so they've got some extra money in the coffers so they went ahead and did something a little bit different and this is a little three minute uh, overview that they're going to have and of course taking place right now I know Bennett uh, you're a little sad because your Celtics lost uh, last night and uh, and, uh, 
And uh, but you know, really kind of unusual. I thought I thought the Lakers were going to have to really do all they could to just win one out of the three to bring it back. So I didn't think that they would do it that carefully. But I didn't have a chance to watch the game because I was doing political uh, television broadcasts when we were out here. And Kevin DiVincenzi, I tell you, I was down at the Orleans Hotel, and I'm telling you, it was an absolute madhouse frenzy as the uh, Republican race uh, for U.S. Uh, Senate is really kicking up. It was, it, was, it was absolutely a wild time that we had down there. Yeah, that's what I thought, John. That's why I was I was actually sitting in the comfort of my home watching the Laker games, and then I thought about you, and I said, "Hey, let me let me find out what's going on with the." Uh, so it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty interesting. So you had a good time yesterday. Oh yeah, it was it was a great time. It, uh, we saw the, uh, the 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 darling sweetheart front runner through the entire race. Uh, Sue Loudon was defeated by Sue Angle and uh, and uh, coming in close behind that was Danny Tartanian, Jerry Tartanian's son. So so anyway, that was that was great, and uh, and we'll, uh, it's kind of some great races to watch around the country. Ben and I'll be talking about that a little bit. Also, uh, you know, are you guys uh, race car fans at all uh, in the? In the, you know, uh, race car, either NASCAR or Formula One racing, either one of you guys. I prefer Formula One. Yep. Well, kind of, kind of a different than NASCAR. Interesting, Bennett. You can chime in on this. Uh, Marlboro uh, has spent a billion dollars to basically sponsor a Formula One racing car. So after they did all of this and they they sponsored car and you know it takes it takes a lot of money to put a team together and stuff like that europe passed a law banning tobacco advertising from uh, <laughs> across the west. you know so now so so what do you do kevin when you just spent a million dollars on this on this formula one car and your main sponsor can't be on it really simply for the u.s <laughs> <laughs> well so anyway, what they did, what's that kev I said, that you saw on eBay. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, what they did is they took the, uh, you know, the, picture the top of a Marlboro hard pack box. You know, it's got the red little V right. kind of thing at the top, and it says Marlboro underneath it. Well, yeah. what they did was they took that logo, if you will, and they turned it into a barcode. Okay. You know what, you know what a barcode looks like? So when the cars yeah. go in at... <laughs> <laughs> the car is going at 225 miles an hour around the track. You can't really read what that is, but you can see that particular image. And I'm telling you right now that the European government is absolutely beside themselves. But I, 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 I bring all that up to just to basically say that uh, that you know we really are searching high and low for different ways and unique ways of advertising and and um, and I guess when your back is up against the wall you'll do just about anything and so that's that's what we're doing so hey tell Thank me Ben much. what's the, what's your most favorite thing that you like to drink what's your what's your adult beverage of choice actually I, I love black and tans black and tans okay yeah, and what's in the black? In, uh, Guinness and you know harp or bass or you know something some heavy um, lager. And uh, how about you? Um, well, I mean, my my stable drink obviously is the uh, the Bacardi and Diet, but I also uh, enjoy a Tangerine Tonic from time to time. Well, there's a, there's a new spirit that's out on the market, and start looking for this one. It's called Stunna, S-T-U-N-N-A, 
and it's made up of a blend of rum, tequila, and vodka, and then they threw some other stuff in there, and uh, you're, they're gonna mar- you're gonna start seeing some branding coming out on that particular product. You may want to try that if you will, because according to the branding portion, they're also saying that this drink is an aphrodisiac, like people need an aphrodisiac after drinking huge right. uh, consumption <laughs> of alcohol. But anyway, so yeah, so look out for Stunna, S-T-U-N-N-A liqueur that's going to be kind of coming up and could uh, could kind of take over maybe the younger generation. But anyway, uh, ben, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on here. You ha- you are one, an expert when it comes to the FTC, and in many cases, you know, you uh, you attend a, a lot of the meetings and stuff, and we're seeing the the... That that not only are are marketers getting tricky in raising uh, in in raising uh, ad dollars and cre- and creativity and stuff like that. Looks like our federal government is trying to be a little bit creative as well. As you know, the uh, the newspaper industry uh, is having some challenges out there, and we've seen several newspapers that have closed down. But uh, the FTC announced a project over of, over a hundred um, last yeah. year alone. Um, they've uh, drafted up uh, some talks that they're basically going to have. As, uh, they have the next roundtable, and uh, it looks like they're they're trying to put together a proposal to bail out the newspaper industry by uh, by taxing the, the uh, by tax taxing ISPs out there. So, let me ask you this question: Is this something? Uh, well, first, I'll talk about it a little bit so our viewers know exactly what's going on, and then we'll talk about the legality of it. Yeah, and, and I have sure. a question: What's the most Did notable uh, newspaper that's gone out of business in the past year, Bennett? What's the most the most what, Kevin? The most not- the most notable uh, newspaper that's gone out that our viewers would uh, or listeners would know. Well, and this year the most recent big newspaper was the Honolulu Advertiser, which I'm sure everyone reads. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that Aloha Comics is this is really cool, but um, is, yeah. you know, there've been so many. I mean, in um, Colorado, Denver lost one of the major papers. Seattle lost major papers. I mean, there's only like one or two cities left that have you know two papers, and um, so it really has been um, quite a bleeding in the industry. And um, but um, you know, what the FTC is talking about is you know, there is concern about the bleeding in the industry, and and you know is that a problem? And um, it, it seems that if you look at go back and look at how the FTC approached the, the blogging marketing guidelines. It seems that the FTC has this bias almost in favor of you know mainstream print journalism that that somehow that's legitimate and somehow blogging is you know isn't quite the same thing and instead of focusing really on the content and focusing on you know how are consumers best serve and so I think the same guy who advised Bud Selig on the perfect game um, decision um, seems to be working for the FTC on this proposal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, basically, this isn't a. They, they circulated what, and then there were heavy caveats. I haven't seen anything so heavily caveated, um, you know, since uh, my prom night. And um, but this um, this proposal stresses that this is just for discussion purposes. It doesn't represent the view of the FTC or, or anyone. Um, period. And um, and that it's really just for discussion purposes at an upcoming event at the National Press Club. But um, you know, you've heard of trial balloons. Well, this is a trial Hindenburg, and um, it, it just really hasn't gone over well. Um, when the main thrust of the proposal is that you know, in order to somehow protect um, you know what we know as mainstream print journalism, um, is that somehow we need to give them more revenue. 
um, or allow them to organize in a different fashion, you know, such as through nonprofit benefit corporations. Um, and it was the concern being that it's not just that they aren't making money, but that they're they're not providing coverage. Um, if you look at, for example, in California, I mean, I'm here in Los Angeles, the second biggest city in the country, and I, I don't believe any of the local um, TV stations here has a Sacramento Bureau, which is where you know, our state capital is, which, you know, everything that affects the state, you know, happens. And you know, there's very little coverage of Sacramento down here, and that's, you know, that's not just true here. That's true nationwide. And so there is concern about the demise of local coverage, but that predates this whole online wave. And so I just think they're, they're kind of stabbing in the dark and they're missing it big time. And so, but the main proposal was to somehow create a revenue source through possibly um, a surcharge on online access. And, um, and I think Dan Rather was floating a proposal to have um, some kind of um, like the, um, the, the youth jobs um, core that they have to somehow create a, uh, also create a branch that dealt with journalism. And it's just, it's politically um, insane. Um, you know, polls are like 75% against it. And, you know, from, you know, from a political point of view, even from the Obama administration, you know, you already, as soon as they came into office, um, the right-wing media was saying, oh, they're going to take over the media. Um, we're going to have the fairness doctrine, even though no one was even saying the word fairness. And um, so this just, just plays into the whole paranoia of the, the right-wing media. And, um, you know, it's just a political disaster. Um, all the way around, wow. and so uh, I, I describe the upcoming event, the National Press Club, as uh, being a BYOT, bring your own tomatoes, and um, you know, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> well, it will be. We're going to come back and kind of talk a little bit more about that, and actually bring in uh, a colleague who's been down in the trenches uh, when Inbox returns. We'll be coming back with more from Ben Kelly, and also we'll be talking with Len. Patrick about some of his experiences, but it's game show time. Also, when we come back, we're going to talk to you and ask you all, our panel, uh, what the uh, what the top three or four video games that people are planning on buying next. And we're also going to ask you just how many display impressions took place in the first quarter of 2010. So for Kevin DiVincenzi, he's Clickfather, Bennett Kelly, and myself. I'm the Big Fabu. I'm John Fondi. We're going to take a short break, kind of pay a little bills, and tell you more about the AFCON that's coming up 2010 on June 24th. 22nd when inboxed radio returns i'm the big time to flood right some more inboxes inboxed will return after this Convert the clicks in the cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even come a quick state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866 XY7 It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting what is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. 
so you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox Link Building Report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your Link Building Report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy, live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the godfathers of mass distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm. And, of course, welcome back to Inbox Radio. Of course, where else would you send it? This is the June 9th edition of the Inbox Radio Show. And if you have just joined us, you can go to Inbox Radio. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D, radio.com. And you can check out our chat room. Or you can hang out with Brass well too. And he'll go ahead and forward those messages to us if you're at webmasterradio.fm. Um, with us right now on the line, uh, not only is Kevin DiVincenzi, the click father, but we also have uh, award-winning journalist uh, awarded by the L.A. Press Club. Um, also, um, you know, he, he writes several different stories and published in the Huffington Post as well. And uh, he also has his own publication uh, called uh, that used to be called The Monday Memo, which is now the Cyber Report. And, of course, we're talking with international superstar Bennett Kelly. Bennett, nice to have you on the show. Thank you, John. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before about uh, about what was taking place uh, with the FTC and some of the pros things were taking place. And I guess I have to say is, is that you know you touch on a couple of hot spots. One, uh, the United States government talking about making uh, newspapers nonprofit, which would then be dangerously close to. Um, you know, a government-controlled media or propaganda situation, and touching on the other option that you talked about was uh, these uh, college journalists and and getting this army of journalists around uh, as well. But another thing that's out there floating around is they're talking about now requiring journalists to be licensed. And I don't know if you've heard anything about that. I think the FTC is getting way too far in over their head with the, with the things they're doing. Your comments on that? I think you. Know, I think you're right. And actually, if they just step back, you know, you're starting to see the solution evolve. Um, the Pulitzer Prizes this year, um, two um, two Pulitzer Prizes went to a joint collaboration between major, um, you know, mainstream established media and this group called ProPublica, which is a, a nonprofit um, online organization that focuses on doing. Detailed investigative reporting, which a lot of the, you know, the mainstream newspapers have had to cut out because of their budgets, and so it's a it's kind of a hybrid uh, where you you have this you know this public interest uh, um, nonprofit organization working in tandem with you know for profit newspapers, and you know, apparently quite successfully according to the Pulitzers. 
Well, I think so, and and as as and I guess we don't want to get too far off of the tangent of where we're going, but uh, but I think it is something to to watch. And Bennett, you are using eyes and boots on the ground in Washington, and uh, so I want you to keep an eye on that. Speaking of a, another gentleman that uh, also has had his boots on the ground in Washington as well, we're talking about the editor and publisher of the Maryland Reporter. Now he formerly was in the State House Bureau, he was the chief of the Daily Baltimore Examiner from its start in April 2006 until it went down in February. Before that, um, he was a chief political editor uh, to a chain of 13 different weeklies, and he was also the senior associate producer at Maryland Public Television, which I have on this for, of course, would like to welcome to the show, Len Lazarek. Len, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be on the show with us today. Len? Len? In terms of Bennett, Bennett, uh, the FTC study, uh, I was just reading it this afternoon, and uh, actually it has a lot of uh, uh, interesting information in it, and one of it covers an area that I'm very interested in because uh, uh, MarylandReporter.com, which is something that I started last year, is a 501c3 nonprofit news website. And one of the things the FTC study suggests uh, is that the IRS ought to clarify what we're allowed to do in terms of advertising. And I've tried to get that clarified, and and for the moment, I I don't have an awful lot of advertising, but uh, I've had some, and trying to keep it within my public purpose. uh, uh, But, you know, we're all trying different, uh, we're all trying different models, but but I totally, uh, I totally agree with Bennett, who I don't agree with on a lot of political issues. But <laughs> the, the, wow. the, <clears throat> the FTC and the FCC have absolutely no business getting into this stuff about how we're going to bolster the poor newspaper industry. You know, if the market totally fails to come up with a solution, then okay, maybe government should do something. But first government fix the oil spill you know stop worrying about the newspaper industry because there's a lot of us guys out there who are trying to figure it out so i think you're right and uh you know the one thing about it is you you know i happen to be you know i happen to be a pro-government type of guy in limited uh in limited cases if you will and i and i think when we're dangerously getting close now lend to the government thinking they can do they can do everything and the one thing that this whole country is run on is a private industry and the newspapers sure. bless their hearts um i mean they they're the ones that control their industry with ad rates and they're the ones that control their industry where they 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 you know they uh looked after the stories that they would write and go they decided to write to the right or write to the left. So I guess at this particular point we can't bail everybody out, can we? No, but at, at, it's interesting for people to read this report actually because two things that stood out to me that a lot of people don't know about is that the government has subsidized the newspaper industry for a long time through postal rates and through requirements of legal notices. And True. the National Newspaper Association, of which I'm a member in order to get their their cheaper rate for libel insurance, uh, <laughs> their primary reason for existence is to maintain the postal rate subsidies and to keep the legal notices. Uh, that's their primary reason for for existence. And the other thing that the report points out is 
Consumers of news have never actually had to pay for the bulk of it. Somebody else has been subsidizing it some way. Not so much the government, but advertising. The advertising in the, you know, has paid for the production of news, but the advertising has nothing to do with the news itself. It's simply there in companion with it. So people are not used to paying for what they've been getting for free, whether in broadcast or uh, or even over the Internet, and which is a real problem when you're talking about, well, let's set up a system where people pay for the news. Well, they're, they're, they're used to getting it for free. It's like you started, you know, charging people for the air. Uh, well, the Wall Street Journal's got a uh, got a paid model. That, that, from what I hear, and again, I'm very limited to my knowledge of this. So, excuse my ignorance. It's about, but from, uh, from it's, what it's I about see, the it's a very only one that's been even halfway successful. They never they never went free. And if you want to see Wall Street Journal right. stuff, you got to go to the Wall Street Journal and you got to pay them. Uh, that's but, correct. Everybody and they also have else, an Apple iPad uh, uh, app that was one of the one of the largest uh, downloads when the iPad came out. It was one of the most downloaded apps on the iPad, uh, the, the initial days where they couldn't even take, uh, take the downloads. They couldn't take the volume of what was happening of people trying to download that app, which still they were paying for their news. So, I mean, that, that's a very Kev, strong statement in, this, uh, in these times, you know? The flip side is Newsday. I mean, Newsday went um, pay, and I think in you know, Newsday, which covers all of Long Island, um, and has it's one of the top ten newspapers in the country. I think they only had like three thousand subscribers on the online edition um, in the first um, ninety days. Yeah, it, oh, it, wow. it was a terrible model. And when you talk about the apps, people were paying for the apps. I don't think it, that money went to any news organization, did it? No, you know the Wall that? Street Journal. The app was just to be able to access the Wall Street Journal online. You still had just your subscription to be able to read the actual news. Oh, oh! It was it was an app for the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, well, that's correct. That's correct. That's if that, correct. Yeah, if that's if that was the case, then I'm sure the Wall Street Journal was getting some money, but not what they get for uh, uh, you know for the actual product. I mean, it's expensive. No, I think I think with the Wall Street Journal, you must be a regular subscriber to get the web access, and that's included. So they'll say, you know, the subscription is X amount, whatever it is, seventeen ninety five a week or whatever the rate is. Um, and inclusive of that is your web access. That's how they do it. Oh. They don't sell just the web access, from what from what I'm aware of. Yeah, um, they've done so a good job of monetizing their content I mean, even got, before you know, the web. Yeah, they always you, right. you could pay for extra stuff of theirs even before the web. They've always had you know they, there's more than the newspaper that they offer, and um, they, I've always right. think they've done a good job at um, you know kind of bringing that together. I agree. Glenn? And, uh, you know, Dow Jones. Uh, Dow Jones has specialized through its entire history in uh, in charging people for information that they collect and massage. I mean, that's one of the reasons the Wall Street Journal exists. All the other products that they have. Well, I think that uh, one of the things when you look at national newspapers. Uh, the uh, Wall Street Journal itself is not necessarily, uh, you know, necessarily tied, uh, you know, to a particular city like the New York Post or the LA Times or something like that. So it's, uh, I think, it's more representative of what you would call a world class or a national publication. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but I, I, given <laughs> that it's, uh, I mean, you, we're discussing it because it's the oddity here. I mean, they're the people who ha who seem to have made. A, a paywall, which is what we call it, a paywall work 
that you have to pay them to get content. There are a number of little newspapers that do that. I don't know whether they're you know they're making any money at it, but uh, people have not been making money on the advertising model. So, yeah, go sure. figure. Well, let's so uh, let's go ahead and then uh, pass it around this uh, roundtable. Baltimore Examiner that uh, I worked for tried a free distribution daily newspaper. We went to 250,000 targeted houses in the Baltimore metro area. And uh, we were pretty successful in people reading us. Uh, we just weren't successful in making money. <laughs> Absolutely. As if that matters, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. In the well, long run, it showed me the money. Let's just uh, kind of close this out. Uh, again, FDC talking about charging ISPs uh, for that, that information. Last, uh, last comment on that, Bennett and Lem. Well, well, I think if they do it, they'll change the, the name from FTC they, to WTF. It's actually a fairly balanced study, except for the fact you say, what are you doing this for, Federal Trade Commission? Because people in Congress are doing this. But it's actually a pretty good, well-written study with a lot of source documents. So it, it, it's worth looking at because it raises important issues. But uh, they, they just sort of stay the hell out of it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> We've been talking with Lynn uh, Lazarick, who is the uh, former past president of the Maryland Chapter Society of Professional Journalists. Lynn, thank you so much for your your excellent commentary and your insight. And we're really happy to see you landed on your feet. Keep up the good work, won't you? Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to try. So. Bye. Okay, for the three of you, Bennett, uh, Brasco, and also Kevin, what, what's the next three, three top video games that people are going to be buying? You know, John, I'm not a big gamer, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, w without cheating and going to the web, <coughs> which I kind of did at a commercial break, um, <laughs> um, I don't uh, what the hell was the one that I saw. It was, uh, I think it was Supreme Commander. Was was one of the ones, and another one was Bay Bay or Bayonet. I think it's Bayonet. Yeah. Oh you, man! Rascal, Keep in mind, I'm still playing Miss Pacman at the office. You know, <laughs> I'm a technological guy with free phones and iPad and every every, every gizmo out there, but uh, nothing uh, nothing new. It's funny. We were cleaning through my garage yesterday, and I had a friend of mine over, and he's like, "Are you kidding?" Because you know, we used to own a wireless store, and I'm showing him, you know wireless modems that were out in 1997 that I had, and he's going, what the hell is this, you know? And uh, wireless uh, portable fax machines running off cell, cell phones back in 96 and things like that, and I, I still had them all in my garage. Uh, it was like a little museum. I should have actually opened the museum with it. That's, that's Send Smithsonian. Okay, exactly. Kevin Bennett, top three video games people are going to buy next. Um, God, I just, I just draw a blank. Um, what was the... Um, the Grand Theft Auto? Is there going to be a new one of that? No, no. Brasco, what do you think? I can see Brasco's paying great I'm, attention to I'm, I am directing here. <laughs> Super Mario. Uh, Super Mario. Yeah, Super Mario's number one. Uh, that's for Galaxy 2. Number two is Iron Man 2, which, uh, which basically just came out. And number three is really? Halo. Oh, that's good. Halo. 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 And coming up, 
And of course, there's always one, and we do this about three times a year. Never forget, there's always Madden NFL 11. Madden will always be in the, in the top five as well. So there you go. Right. The other trivia question I put out there was how many U.S. display ad impressions were done in uh, the first quarter of 2010? Kevin, you might have a good shot at this one. How many U.S. display ads in the first quarter? Wow. Um. Four hundred billion. Four hundred billion. Okay, and um, um, Ben, I'd say maybe like a trillion. About a trillion. Yeah. Okay. I thought about getting uh, into the trillions, Bennett. Yeah. How about you, uh, uh, Brasco? Oh, I forgot you're directing. Well, no, I hit five hundred. Um, quarter quarter million. What? Um. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, half a million. Jesus. Half a million for Brasco. Okay. The answer is 1.1 trillion display ads took place uh, in uh, 2010. So that kind of shows you guys, as we were talking about the general distribution of, uh, of advertising dollars, which primarily was through radio, television, and newspaper. It ain't happening that way anymore. We'll talk more about that. We'll also talk about the political scene and how technology is fitting into play when uh, Inbox Radio returns. I'm the Big Taboo sitting in with, of course, the click father, Kevin DiVincenzi. We'll be right back right after a couple of messages. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inboxed will return after this. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to our third and final section of uh, Inbox Radio. I'm John Fondy, the big Fabu, and of course we're just talking a little bit about uh, some of the video games that are out there, and of course some of the ads that are displayed out there, but it looks as though we're going uh, typically now into the technical field. Bennett, um, uh, the question I wanted to ask you now is, uh, is, uh, you know, how is technology sort of playing into the political realm? We know this started heavily with uh, the election of President Barack Obama, but you've seen quite a bit of stumping going on uh, via via technology down in California, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's taking place here in Nevada in our elections yesterday. Sure. I mean, the the big thing in technology in the, you know, the turn of the century was, I, you know, the initial public offering, the IPO. But in the last two years, IPO in Silicon Valley has meant interested in public office. And you had Meg Whitman from eBay. You had Poisner, oh, yeah. um, a venture capitalist. Um, you had Chris Kelly from Facebook. And, I'm, and now he, in um, the, the HP, um, Carly Ferrina, um, running for Senate. Um, so it seemed like the tech sector was really jumping into the race heavily this year. And and, and yeah. not surprisingly, they were using you know, tech as much as possible. I mean, you know, Facebook was very much a, a, a now a campaign precinct. Um, you saw a lot of ads. You saw a lot of you know, invites and um, networking for um, fundraisers and things of that sort uh, on Facebook. And um, so, you know, it, it was it, it's just an evolution, really. Of where we were, you know, from the last election. I think the last election was obviously a, you know, somewhat of an exponential leap, and I think this is more of a continuation. And uh, Bennett, Meg Whitman, uh, would they say she spent a hundred million dollars? Was it on her campaign? I mean, she spent a lot, and uh, I remember. I think it was a hundred um, million, and the, the gentleman she was running had spent twenty-five million. Uh, it's just the, the amount of money. Everybody doesn't know she is. Astounding. She was a billionaire. Uh, was she one of the founders of eBay? Correct. Correct. And interestingly enough, you know, so she's running for governor. Um, four years earlier, one of the other founders of eBay, Steve Wesley, um, he's, he spent a buttload of money and lost in the primary. Um, so um, we'll see how we see if so, eBay so, can redeem itself. So here's but, a random um, trivia question. What was eBay started? What was the primary business model of eBay uh, when it started? No clue. Let's see. That was... They had, they had, there was something that they were trying to sell. Was it like uh, uh, tennis shoes or something like that, Kevin? No, Brasco? He's directing. Right, Please up. repeat. Okay, the, the original business model for eBay, how was eBay started? It was started to do what? I'm sorry, I don't know. To trade Pez, uh, collectible Pez dispensers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, and why did they depart from that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that was such a better business model. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love, who doesn't have a few dozen pest dispensers laying around? Well, so if Meg wins, you'll go from Arnold seeing a little cigar chamber in Sacramento to a Pez room. Exactly. That's, there you go. That is true. Hey, um, let's talk a little bit about what's taking place here in Nevada, also as well. Um, you know, uh, it's typically the primary in Nevada. There's uh, there isn't uh, typically uh, a lot of people turn out to the polls, but uh, certain pollsters have to uh, have to spend a certain amount of money. Kevin, what did what did you see in terms of the political campaigns that took place uh, uh, with the technology here around your circles? Uh, you know, actually, surprisingly enough, I thought I would see more. In Nevada, I didn't see as much as I expected. Now, in California, every time I was at my uh, my um, in-laws, 
I saw a ton of commercials. I saw the Kevin Kelly commercials. I saw the Meg Whitman commercials. You saw quite a bit. Um, and also on Facebook at that time in Nevada, I really didn't see as much. I mean, still, I think we're still not there yet. I think we're very close. I think that uh, the, ne- like the next presidential election is going to be amazing in regard to uh, the use of technology and what's going to be happening. Because, I mean, it's just, you know, the... The advertising mediums that are coming out now are just, you know, uh, more and more advanced. And, you know, everything's evolving. Text messaging's evolving. They're coming up with geofences and, you know, all these different things that are just, uh, you know, absolutely uh, involving what people can do, you know. Keep in mind, this was just the primary. I mean, you will see some ramping up in the fall. But, yeah, I think you're you're probably right, Kev, though, about where we we are vis-a-vis last year and next election. Well, and here's the interesting thing about it. When you look at uh, a situation here, we've got uh, uh, we, one of the big elections. And this is one here in Nevada that uh, that got national claim. I'm talking about, of course, the run for U.S. Senate. We had three candidates that were ran against each other on the Republican side. We had Harry Reid, who had one very minuscule uh, challenger that uh, that that he ran against. Um, but uh, you know, even old Harry Reid had uh, had some political campaigns and some some ads that were out there. But based on what is going to take place, um, you know, what is going to take place coming up in the primary, it's it's touted that Harry Reid has twenty million dollars in which he has to spend. Where little Lola Sharon Angle, who won this, just has hardly any money at all. The point I make that'll change. Is, that that yeah there there's some people that will fund her but I think that in all of the other races we found some amazing upsets that took place for people that didn't advertise traditionally I talk about television radio signs alongside the road and they did it 100% via the technology phase so I think uh, the more than anything if people spend that money uh, you know more importantly correctly and they do the right thing um, it's tough to go up against uh, I mean you can even out the the cost offers of that $20 million out there, particularly when Harry Reid has got to make, he has to make a statement to the, the citizens of Nevada, because right now there's only about 37% of Nevadans that think he's doing a good job. Why they think he's doing a good job, that was not explained. Kevin, what have you heard? Uh, actually, I haven't heard much on that. It's, um, you know, I didn't know he had $20 million to spend. That's a pretty big, uh, pretty big budget um, for, for uh you know, for this campaign, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, I definitely know that he's not the public favorite, and he's not uh, not uh, not well favored. Um, but then again, I mean, just to, to be devil's advocate, I mean, who is? It's very very rich. You have right. a public figure. I mean, thirty seven percent. I think it's higher than congressional. Uh, where it's still like, oh my general. gosh, this guy's great. It's very rare. You know, that's at least from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like asking, you, what's your favorite disease? <laughs> yeah. These days. Well, the surprising thing right. about it, I'm surprised really that Harry Reid had uh, three different people that were running against him. Now, granted, collectively uh, together, they only got about 16,000 votes, where Harry Reid got 87,000 votes. But actually, 12,000 people actually voted uh, in the none of these candidates. So. Um, normally, yeah, you not have something that high. People just basically say, screw it. I don't like any of these people running in the Democratic race for U.S. Senate. Well, I think, you know, Nevada is unique in having that option. And, I, you know, I think this, you know, this is going to be the worst economic situation um, during a midterm election since 1982 um, when Reagan ran for elect. I mean, excuse me, Reagan's first midterm election. And so, um, you know, that is definitely, you know, affecting the mood. But we also just have a, a very um, disaffected public right now. 
and, and it's not just the economy. And so um, a state like Nevada that has that option, I mean, I'm surprised you know, it's not higher, although we may see that in the fall. Um, well, let's move in where I'm kind of setting this up right now. Is there's so much money is spent, uh, you know, uh, you know, many of it from contributions from lobbyists to to get their point across on these elections. When we've got an economy that is basically in in tank, uh, is there ever going to be any laws that are going to prohibit this type of type of spending that's going to go on, Bennett? Well, the problem is, is we now have the Citizens United, um, you know, Supreme Court decision that basically. Um, eliminated all campaign finance restrictions and allows unlimited corporate funding. And we saw something incredible. In, and strangely enough, in California, one of the biggest stories um, of the primary race, besides Meg Whitman's win, um, which was a lot bigger than people thought it would be, is that um, there's one assembly race, which normally uh, the average cost of assembly seat for the winning candidate is about $800,000. And that um, there's one uh, a one person in a Democratic um, race who um, business is just really afraid of, um, since she has very strong ties to a lot of you know um, key Democratic constituencies, they actually poured in over a half million dollars in the primary um, to try to do like a smear campaign against her and, and knock her out. And it got so much press that it actually backfired and helped her. And so she won the primary, and now she faces a Republican from the teabag side. And um, and so they, they're both going to get lots of money. And it's good. I think you know the average congressional seat costs about 1.1 million in the last cycle, and I think this will cost probably twice as much as the average congressional seat. This will be the most expensive um, state house race in the country, and, and it's going to be one of the ugliest. And um, full disclosure, you know, I know the candidate; she's a friend. But um, you can read um, you know, independent sources on Huffington. It's, it's Betsy Butler. And um, just read about it. It's amazing some of the stuff that's been going on. And, you know, BP, Aetna, um, you, know, um, kind, you know, Blue Cross, and all these people just have really targeted her. And if they spent that much money on the primary, you can only imagine how much they're going to spend in the fall. And, um, you know, it's not really about Betsy, you know, because there's going to be a lot of other um, Betsy Butler races across the country, if not this year or next year. And, and so it really raises a troubling question to what extent can, you know, big business just pour in money to take over an election. And, you know, with a constitutional restriction, you know, it really creates a problem. And, you know, when was the last time we amended our constitution? I mean, it hasn't been since we allowed the 18-year-olds to vote. And so um, it's been over 30 years um, so that you know, it's definitely a challenge, and I, don't, you know, I really don't know what the easy solution is. Well, I think it all comes down to now it's uh, you know whoever can raise the most amount of money. And one of the surveys that I've done, and, and Ben, and I know you've got some places that you can go to check me on these facts, was that about 85% of all of the lobbying money goes into the Democratic Party. So as long as that keeps taking place and there's no caps on this. I'm not no sure that's true, but – but you know, it's not always, you know, let me tell you something. Um, I don't know if you remember a guy named Phil Graham. He was a senator from Texas. Yes. And he was, and he was chairman of the banking committee. And in, nine, I think it was 2000. Um, it was in 2000? Yeah, it was 2000, I believe. Um, he was going to parlay that and run for president. Maybe it was 96, but it was one of those two. And he had raised by far, you know, millions more than anyone else in, 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 the, in the Republican primary. And he didn't even make it to Iowa. Um, you know, sometimes the money goes to a candidate who just has the right, has the ties. But then, you know, they're, they're completely dead 
um, you know, on the field. Kind of like you know, like a star first round draft pick who just stinks. You know, like a Ryan Leaf. And um, you know, so sometimes you know, the money doesn't always go with the winner, um, but it, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We've of course uh, straight off a little bit off of our our normal tapping topics, which is uh, we do within Bible. We try to stay in the technology field and uh, talk about uh, emails and uh, and social media and stuff like that. But of course, we kind of switched over to show that uh, we can kind of kind of be topical. So we're covering the the the, the items of politics, how politics and our industry and of course we're talking with Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center. Bennett, I want to thank you so much for taking the thanks. time to, uh, to comment yeah, on that. And, uh, and, and John, uh, thanks for doing that because I think this is something the industry really needs to pay attention to and regardless of what your party is and I think you're doing a good service to the industry by highlighting this. Well, thank you so much, Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center. We'll see you soon, Bennett. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Right, cheers. Go well, USA. Yeah, there you go. Well, Kevin, we kind of strayed a little bit there. We kind of tried to keep tying it back to uh, technology and stuff, but uh, you've got some big things that are going on at XY7 as well, don't you? Actually, Rapid Response Marketing, John's making a major announcement on Monday. I can't really talk about it yet. I can just tell you that, uh, you know, we, we did some things along the uh, the media buying uh, landscape quite heavily over the past couple of months, and now we've... Uh, we're, we're doing an official launch on Monday of, uh, of something. So, I mean, just keep your eyes open. We're doing a press release. So all our affiliates will get an email. So we'll, uh, there'll be a lot of advertising surrounding it on Monday. So everybody keep your eyes open. It'll, be, uh, it'll definitely be game-changing. Absolutely, and that's 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 kind of a great thing about it. And I've been kind of holed up at the studio and stuff, and haven't seen a lot of what's going on. But uh, uh, some of the posts that have gone up on the website are giving me some good ideas about it as well. Uh, Kevin, uh, again, we um, we've got our local charity that's coming up. You've been helping a national charity with your walk, and uh, we've got uh, coming up the third Saturday of this particular month. Uh, hopefully, your feet are all cured again because we're going to head down to downtown Las Vegas, and we're going to also help out with the uh, homeless outreach uh, charity down there where we feed the, feed the homeless and kind of get them back on their feet again. You and uh, your team available to come and join me on that? Absolutely, John. That's one of my favorite events because, you you know, it, it's, it's always great when you can give to people, look in their eyes and be able to, uh, to relate to people. And a lot of times, you know, people just uh, think, oh, well, you know, I'm charitable. I give, you know, I give money or I give whatever. If you actually give your time, that's the most, one of the most important things because then you can actually touch somebody directly uh, with, with your words and with your encouragement. And as you know, John, a lot of these things, it's not just about giving away food. It's about mentoring, tutoring, uh, giving somebody uh, encouraging words. I mean, those are such important things when, uh, you know, when somebody's down their luck, you know? Well, it's true, and uh, and uh, what what it is that we do, uh, just so that our listeners know, and uh, those that are listening in Las Vegas are welcome to join the XY7 team. We uh, we head downtown, and we basically uh, set up a, a stage. We set up a, a loosely covered tent and uh, tables and chairs, and we bring people in and. Uh, Part of the team, you know, prepares uh, a little uh, goodie bag for them to take with them with a special message and some candies in it. The other team cooks a barbecue luncheon, and part of the team hooks up the sound system, and we have a nice refreshing message that we get. But you're right. You get hands-on, uh, you get, you know, hands-on uh, uh, contact with these people, but it also it's, it's something I encourage people to do because it brings our team a little bit closer together, uh, kind of letting us know how fortunate that, uh, that that we are in many cases. So, Kevin, really appreciate you and the XY17 for joining us. It's our pleasure, John, to give back. You know that. Yep. 
Well, anyway, well, I hope you're kind of sitting there and uh, and you're and you're healing up those feet. Uh, you know, I really commend you and Rihanna and your team for not only coming out of your comfort zone but going to a completely different area. You lost sleep, you got blisters, but uh, when it's all said and done, I think you're going to raise awareness that are really going to help a lot of people. So kudos to you and your team. It was, for it was that our well. pleasure. You know, one thing that Melissa Salas put on her Facebook right after that was that, that made the difference. She said because of our walk, and our walk was about four thousand people. Um, because of our walk, a million women will get mammograms, um, which is just amazing. It's an amazing number. Just saw 4,000 people generating money, you know. So, uh, and a lot of people don't know that. They go, oh, mammograms are free. Yeah, they're free because of events like this and, and the money that's raised. So, very, very impressive. Great, of course. Again, uh, thanks to Missy Ward uh, for uh, coordinating all this and getting everybody involved. Wow, seventy-five thousand dollars, Kevin, the third in the third yeah. in the nation in raising that. That uh, says a lot about uh, about the people in the uh, internet marketing industry that they do have a big heart as well. Yeah, you know, Missy's got that great organization, affiliate marketers give back, and I really commend her. She was a great, great team leader, and uh, looking forward to the next one. I think Denver is going to be the twenty eleven one. Well, that's great. Hey, Brask, we're going to have to get you uh, get kind of out of your comfort zone a little bit to join us on some of these things as well. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, you know, the, the, the last uh, activity I saw from him was charging the bull. <laughs> well, you got me at Denver. Have me as you want. I'm your bitch when I'm out there. Okay. Wow. Hey, well, to speak of the that, that is true. Speaking of Denver, uh, we're, of course, talking about AFCON 2010. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, and uh, this is the only event that's open and free to affiliates, correct? Correct. And uh, by June 16th, so by next week, you need to make sure you are a sponsored affiliate and that you get yourself registered um, or else you'll have to go and pay at the door. But uh, basically, I mean, there's still hotel rooms are still available at a discount. Uh, you can go right to bit.ly forward slash cheap hotel. People can still register now, and you know, the agenda is finalized. All the events are getting all put together. There's going to be a great affiliate bash on the on the the night before we get things started. Paulson uh, will have a great PMG Superstar affiliate party. You got Joel Com starting off day one. You got Shoe Money doing day two. It's going to be amazing. Uh, one of the best shows we ever put together. Yes, I remember, Kevin, you won the uh, flip phone from Paulson's party last year, didn't you? It was the flip camera, actually, yeah, for, like, I think it was the most innovative affiliate program or something to that effect. It was really cool. Yeah, they're a very nice group. I really like how they're in a group. They're very classy people. Yeah, great people to work great, with. Great, great show. I and, unfortunately uh, won't be there until uh, Monday night, late night, because I'm, uh, I'll be in New York City before that at a different event. But uh, I know I'm speaking Tuesday on two different panels, so it should be a good time. So, uh, Brasco, if I'm if I'm correct, that show uh, is on Monday and Tuesday of uh, of the week. Is that correct? Correct. Um, so, I know uh, I'm going to be flying out that Wednesday. I do know that. And we could figure out something beforehand, or we could just, or we could just do the show there on a special day, and then we'll just play it back on Wednesday. Something like that. We could figure out something. Yep, so that would be our anniversary show, so we want to certainly do something special. Kevin, you and I will put our uh, thinking caps on to see what we're going to do since we won't be able to do the show live this year like we did uh, well, last year. Well, we could year. do it live. We just, we just couldn't do it live on Wednesday. We would just do it, We would just run a special time live that week. That particular week. Okay, sure. Well, great. Again, I want to thank our guests, uh, Bennett Kelly uh, from the Internet Law Center, and also Len Lazarek, um, who uh, has joined us. Uh, he's uh, the editor and publisher of MarylandReporter.com. Check it informally. He was the uh, bureau chief of a regular 
regular newspaper, her Baltimore Examiner. Now he's gone into total online. I want to thank Kevin D. Vincenzi, the click father. Kevin, I want you to get healed up so we can kind of see you hobbling around here a little bit as well. You got it, John. Working on it. That's great. And, of course, for Brasco and our new producer in uh, in the uh, the control booth, we thank you so much. This has been this edition of Inbox Radio. I'm the Big Favu. We'll see you next week.